Hey guys, I'm Damica. And I'm Zenabu. This is Dambu. When shit's so fucked up, all you can say is Dambu. Welcome back, y'all. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm being dramatic. Fourth episode. Fourth episode. We're here. I know. This is nice. I guess. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, where are we starting off, friend? What are we doing? Well, you know, we're just going to reiterate. It is, well, while we're recording this, this is the first time we'll be recording this as it being Women's History Month. Women's so, History Month, y'all. Yes. Look. Yes. Come on, y'all. Yeah. And so we just want to say, you know, shout out to all the encouraging women out there um, and just keep doing your thing. Like, I don't know. know that's like, right. That, like, we just, like, inspired by how many, you know, women are being their own leaders and, you know, they, they out here doing their thing. That's all I got to say. I mean, in the span of history, <laughs> like, women have been that. Women have mm-hmm. been I the communicators, the, the leaders, the the authority, the voice of reason mm-hmm. <laughs> behind every ounce of conflict and yeah. oppression and everything. So yeah. shout out to our women who, yes. I mean, we li- literally we bring life into the world. Literally bring life into the world. Every day, every well, second well, people of people with vaginas, day. you know, bring life into the world. But every woman counted, transgender women, yes. women all the stuff. Yes. So. They are women too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I better acknowledge that. And we're just acknowledging all the women um, that you know have a powerful impact in our lives or just around the world in general. Mm-hmm. But you know, shout out to us. This is Women History Month, so you know I just gotta say we're available on Spotify, hmm. Anchor, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Radio Public. And YouTube. YouTube. Damn. Like. Platforms on platforms. platforms. You yeah. can't tell us we, we ain't. The socials is there. Mm-hmm. The list is. We here. We We're here. here. We're here yes. for you. Make sure y'all definitely follow us on these platforms so that y'all can stay updated. You know, make sure as soon as we release something, y'all on deck to watch or listen to the uh, new episode. And. Make sure you follow us on YouTube if you want to see more of the visuals, what, mm-hmm. you know, what be going on, how we be acting. Thank Catch you. us on YouTube and make sure you subscribe. We also shout out a bunch of BIPOC creatives and everything mm-hmm. um, across every platform. So make sure y'all check them out. It's always in the description box below. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, make sure y'all give a good follow. Give give a little shout out to them, too, yes, on top of yes, our shout outs. we appreciate them. So, because That's why we we're doing the enjoy. work. We're yeah. doing the work. So, we yeah. need to do that. Yeah. Uh, um, and also, too, we are on Instagram at Podcast underscore. So, make sure you follow us because you can stay updated. We got a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of posts going. Um, we're also on Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, and all that. But let's go into the first segment, Voice Out, Show, show out. out. Yes. So first person I want to talk about is AZ Noah. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. This is that person. Some of y'all <laughs> like, may not know her, now. but she is here um, on Emerson's campus. And 
Um, she's just amazing. And what I wanted to highlight is that she has her own radio show called Nighttime Nostalgia. And this mm. features every Sunday, 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern Ooh. Standard Time. And you can catch it on WECB.FM. So make sure y'all check her out because she catching up with all the latest tunes, bops, all right? I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I love the name of it too. Yes, nighttime nostalgia. It gives me a it gives me like a very common like I wanna add that to my nighttime routine. Yes, for sure. To listen in. Yeah. Um, next person I wanna give a shout out to is Jasmine Cannon. Yes. She's a CEO of Sapphire Community Group, okay? And Sapphire is doing so many amazing things mm-hmm. across the globe. Like I'm telling you, they're doing everything from donations to mm-hmm. charities. Like I'm humanitarian. Damn, I'm, yes. Humanitarian. They they making sure they looking out for people. And so Sapphire Community Group is a London-based charity uh, foundation that and their mission is to um, give the youth ages 10 through 30 opportunities to figure out their passions and help them build along the way. They do mentoring, uh, coaching, literature, entertainment, events, and workshops. And they aim to provide a space where youth are exposed to new activities and passions. And so um, make sure you definitely check them out. They also provide workshops, soup kitchens, resources to shelters and grants, damn, to reduce everything such as poverty, unemployment, and crime rates. And so during Women's History Month, they give them back. They're hosting their uh, free film workshops online, so be sure to check that out. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Women just be doing that for me every time. Period. Women, period. <laughs> so for my two people I want to shout out and everything, well, two astounding mm. pillars of this community. Mm. Um, we... Well, Margaret Zhang, mm-hmm. um, she is now the youngest editor in chief in the Vogue youngest. history. Did I hear that? Vogue China issue and everything. She Damn. is 27 years old. Wow. Imagine being like 27, though, like editor in chief, just a compliment. <laughs> she has a lot under her belt. Like, she, in 2016, she had two digital uh, covers for the launch issue of Vogue Me China. She's mm. integrated, like, completely. She's always made sure that she wanted to bridge Western and Chinese cultures mm-hmm. and everything while highlighting both of them equally. That's definitely important. Um, she's a co-founder of a company called uh, Background that has worked with other companies like Airbnb and mm-hmm. YouTube Ooh. to showcase fashion labels. Damn. It's, like the entrepreneurship and the level of skill and leadership you have to have to be even considered for like editor-in-chief in in general Mm -hmm. for a whole publication is something I still can't really conceptualize having to have at the age of 27 like before you're even 30 like literally your brain stops developing at like 25 (laughs) like two years later you the editor-in-chief and we're not far from that like like we're really not far from her age, so We're it's really inspiring not. to see um, women like this doing their thing and making sure that you know mm-hmm. we are getting the opportunities that we deserve. And damn, she's just out here. She has so much like under her belt too. She also supplies like mentorship programs wow. and everything to really help like women and like people in the field and everything mm-hmm. to get through this, especially with people of color. Mm-hmm. So that's just like this is amazing. This is yeah. amazing all around. Um, but I also wanted to shout out Lead Filipino. Mm. Um, literally, their whole board of directors is majority women mm. and mm. women identifying. Like, 
Come on now. Come so, on now. Sounds like our team over here. Literally, all women's team. Come on now. But with Lead Filipino, they increase uh, fill and engagement, mm-hmm. and they participate in civic uh, participation, policy making, yeah. and just general like community leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that is really astounding about this uh, organization is the way that you know Filipino Americans being away from the Philippines and everything is different mm-hmm. how we engage with those social issues and everything and there's this thing called like transnational activism and everything where we work collectively together we work with the people that are in Philippines to highlight the different issues of like citizenship um, immigration mm-hmm. uh, socioeconomic disparities healthcare mental health um, LGBTQIA wow, issues. That's a lot. There's so many. Like, there's just all across the board. Amazing organization. Amazing mm-hmm. initiatives. Especially during the pandemic, they've honestly transitioned flawlessly into a virtual setting as mm-hmm. far as programs go. But uh-huh. women, women, women. Come honestly, on. honestly, come on, tens across the board. Tens across the board. It's just crazy, like, having, like, I think it's what's awe-inspiring about this month, too, is just the fact that, like, I mean, we have so many women in our lives and everything mm-hmm. who have, you know, either inspired us, pushed us, supported us through whatever it is mm-hmm. and everything to get us to this point, whether that's our mothers, aunts, friends, mm-hmm. fr- family of friends, you know? Yeah, literally, our team. Our team, like, it's a whole, it's a whole encompassing effect, and I feel like, generally, I can't say I've ever like felt unsupported mm-hmm. when I've been around. Like when I feel like it's just that general comfortability. Yeah, and there's just always like we we see a lot of women pushing each other and always motivating and trying mm-hmm. to you know help other women out because we know how hard it is. Especially you know people say we live in a man's world, so mm-hmm. that is something that's just always like mind blowing to see that we are not getting the recognition that we always deserve um mm-hmm. and i think just m- months like this like but in general like it makes you realize how important and how strong women are but also how they've been effective leaders in the community without people realizing the the behind the scenes work that they've done you know mm-hmm. what i mean and behind and like on top of like oppressive structures like we still having those collective roles of leadership of support of action like mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah it's that's, crazy that, that, that's, that's that's a lot damn <sighs> i'm glad we entering this i'm <sighs> glad we entering this with this positive mindset because we're gonna go ahead and move on to our second segment vet pals but before we get started i just wanted to mention really quick because you know last episode we was talking about representation mm-hmm. in um yeah. you know different films and tvs so, you know, I just wanted to say a few names because, you know, we kind of didn't get into that. But, you know, we had like Moonlight, Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, Fresh Off the Boat, The Fosters, Good Trouble, One Day at a Time. I know my mm-hmm. sisters love One that. One Day at a Time is so nice. It's, it's so, so cute. Yes. Um, Dear White People, Rami, Never Have I Ever, Orange is a New Black, mm-hmm. um, How to Get Away with Murder. And then we just recently had the release of Coming to America. Um, yes oh my god yes mm-hmm. and so that's amazing to see that and then we have pose pose just announced that they're they're about to end oh, after this i'm gonna cry this is I'm sad not, this is the cast is phenomenal <laughs> i have like literally considered this cast like 
adjacent like families. They got, like they're like literally in my emotions, like deeply entrenched in them. Mm-hmm. And they've done a wide range of uh, different representation from everything from you know Latin Afro uh, Latin communities to you know Black communities to LGBT plus QAI communities, um, and so much on like beyond that, but also. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon uh, just no. also came out <laughs> the same day as Coming to America. So oh. this is like why I, I was like, oh, there's so much diversity, so much storytelling. Kevin's over there screaming. She just watched it last night, 4 a.m. She's hyped, hyped. It's so good. Yes. It's genuine storytelling and beautiful oh. animation, yes. too. And it's the first Southeast Asian Disney princess movie ever. And so it's like that is amazing to see but we also need more of that i need more and so we've been seeing a lot of people celebrate you know asian culture asian communities um and i i just wanted to highlight there was like um kelly marie tran when she stepped out into the carpet she was Mm -hmm. wearing um her traditional vietnamese um garment and that was amazing and we see that there's there's so much love for the culture but as we're gonna get into vent pals we see that there's a lot Honestly, of hate as well. Kelly Marie Tran, I think she faced so much backlash from Star Wars and their fan base mm. and everything. After like highlighting the fact that like I want more, you know, I want more support. Like mm. this is, you know, this is a whole like I'm an actress. And I'm divine in my own right. I had an active role in a mm. big ass franchise, and y'all mean to tell me I didn't matter? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's those moments and the fact that. She is breaking out with this new role in Raya and the Last Dragon. Dragon. Yes. It's amazing. Amazing. It just I haven't seen it yet, but I honestly wanna just look into it. The cast, it's everything, beautiful. like it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think I believe what she was wearing was a uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Ao Yai. Um mm-hmm. but it was beautiful, just amazing. And Literally. that's one way of just celebrating her culture and you know, getting people to experience and see from that. But we're gonna de- like dive into Vent Pals and we're gonna talk about the recent, not more, I, I would say not more recent, but this mm-hmm. has been something that's been going on for a while, but the hate towards the Asian communities. Mm-hmm. That's something we need to dive into. I mean, it's there's so much celebrations around um, Asian culture and everything, and the way that it's inspired across mm-hmm. the board and everything, that's it. We also have to talk about the other side. side. Yeah, it's like we Injustices can't. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we just can't ignore, like, all the, the the bad that's happening mm-hmm. as we're receiving like the good it's so entrenched in our media like we have we have like the actual cultures we have the food we have the music mm-hmm. we have the fashion yes all the, oh, the, the fashion. media the movies the shows like they like when it comes to like asian cultures and everything mm-hmm. it's such there's so much diversity that's not just limited to a lot of people would think east asia mm-hmm. yes yeah also Indian culture, it's also Thai culture, yes. it's also um, countries in the Middle East and everything, mm-hmm. like they are all considered. And it's, it's just, imagine, like it's just so, it's such a big diaspora, mm-hmm. like such a big one. Yes, it is. And I just, like, it's just how we, we see like during the pandemic, mm-hmm. there's definitely been a rise in how, you know, Asians have had you know, assault or violence um, towards them or discrimination. Um, and that's just during the pandemic. We're, there's a lot to unfold that, with that history there. Like, if you go back and we think about, like, the late 1800s with the Chinese Exclusion Act, mm-hmm. like, 
policies continuously yes. like show up in different ways yes. institutionally yeah and even to this day it's like we we are still it's sad that we have to still continue to go through the motions and mm -hmm. fight and like it hasn't been like a noticeable uh, well i wouldn't say noticeable but i guess an effective change in how we see like um asians are treated during our communities and um and just among other communities as well. This is like something I wanted to bring up because a lot of people have been on social media um, and kind of been addressing that, um, you know, we shouldn't be taking um, the attention away from one group to mm -hmm. another or like um, that, that multiple issues can't be seen at the same time, yeah. which is not the case at all. Um, and there's a lot of that between um, the black community and Asian community mm -hmm. of just saying how Black Lives Matter and also, you know, the stop uh, of hate between Asian communities can't can't be something that we could all discuss in like one time period. Like it's we're we're not doing that. We're not. It's not. It's like when we talked about in the last episode. We're not doing that. Uh, like oppression. Uh, Olympics, yeah, yeah Olympics mm -hmm. thing. Like that's not the point. Like we can. I mean, you can multitask, can't you? You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like uh, exactly. And another thing too, it's like y'all treat these movements like trends. Mm -hmm. Like like this doesn't have an entrenched history. Like this doesn't have a collective movement of mm -hmm. activism of history and everything. And one of the things I wanted to point out was like. We can collectively talk about it across the board, like the way the, because there's just so much in the world already. Yes, that it like yes, we can go ahead and mm -hmm. talk about this issue while also acknowledging the different ways that these issues intersect. Mm -hmm. There's so much to unpack there, especially like when she mentioned in the Policy Act and everything. Mm -hmm. It's, it still acts in like different ways. It acts in cultural context. It acts in the ways that institutions like treat Asian groups and yeah. everything. And how I remember having one friend who um, she was from, I think Jordan and everything, and she always had to categorize herself under the white category mm -hmm. because they didn't consider her ethnicity as Asian. And yeah. it's you know it's those little things that invalidate that identity mm -hmm. in a cultural aspect. And also within hate crimes, that's another different thing of mm -hmm. just having that violence. And uh, I think one of the things that you know comes to mind is like my mother, right? Mm -hmm. Being um, from the Philippines and everything, she like she knows about like four or five languages. Like this woman, damn, this woman, yeah, that. literally, like she knows uh, her rural dialect, uh, Kapapangang, mm -hmm. and she knows Tagalog. She knows Japanese. She knows. Uh, English and she knows a little bit of Spanish. Mm. Like this woman is an all-encompassing factor in my life, like inspirational. But when I say there's been so many moments, I think throughout my childhood, especially formative years and everything, where mm -hmm. she's faced issues of like xenophobia, mm. fetishization, um, discrimination, and uh, even like work wage gaps within like the yeah, various jobs that, that she true. like encountered and everything. I think I remember having this, uh, like I was reading over an article and by NPR that mm -hmm. had like a study from 2018 that said that Asian Americans were now like the most economically disproportionate mm -hmm. group um, in terms of wealth gap and everything. And that, you know, that subverts like a whole narrative mm -hmm. of like being a model minority myth, of being the minority that was, you know, so proximate, like, to whiteness. And I'm not saying, like, 
Asians all together, East Asians who were yeah. light skin and everything, under this model minority myth and everything, of being considered almost kind of like adjacent to white and mm. erasing their cultural identity, their ethnic identity, their their whole entire lived experiences, experiences from like the exclusion act. Yes. Like you're gonna yes. go ahead and just trench over that because you you and your whiteness deemed me as you know what I'm saying. Mm. So. It's, you know, there's those things like that that I think open up a new portal of, like, talking in this conversation about the, the recent spike in hate crimes across yeah. America and everything and the history behind it, but also, too, like, the continuous uh, movements of dismantling those oppressive, the oppressive structures and everything yeah. is something that, like you said, we need to also pay attention to. Like, we, we need to, like, stop attacking each other and actually listening to each other and kind of see, you know, what it is that we can help each other out with. Um, Cause there's nothing wrong with, you know, handling multiple issues at a time. Like that's not the case. Um, um, but we can see that the, the recent like rise in hate crimes is blatantly like in our face. So that's just something we can't just walk away and ignore and pretend like this is not an issue that we have to face. And especially when we talk about the pandemics, pandemic, there's a lot I feel like came from politics as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going into like deep, deep dive of the politics, but right. yeah, I already know when we had Trump as president, mm -hmm. he was spreading on a lot of that and he was encouraging mm -hmm. that. Yes. And that's not something that you should be encouraging at all. Like that's mm -hmm. very disrespectful. Yeah, and so, we seen um, there. There was recently um, that uh, you know our cur current president right now, Joe Biden. He released, uh, I believe it's called a. M huh, I'm gonna mess this up. I'm gonna memorandum. A memorandum. A memorandum. Damn. I can't. <laughs> but um, he he highlighted and addressed like how um, basically people who are um, our leaders should not um, should not encourage this type of behavior mm -hmm. and actually you know refrain from that. But we're we're trying to see. Um, like where this leads to like what what else can be done you know what i mean mm -hmm. um because that that was just the beginning so it's i don't know it's just like it's crazy to see how just something that's like that's affecting everyone is being targeted towards one group you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah and it's like but, but why? Because y'all do this every instance um, when it's another, like, group or with another, you know, issue. Um, but that, like, I, I think we just need to stop and think for a minute about the experiences that Asians have been going through and that we haven't ignored. And one thing that I also wanted to bring up was, because um, you talked about your, your school experiences growing up. And there was actually like people are afraid with like, you know, schools opening back up um, mm -hmm. or, you know, eventually when we do go fully back um, in-person classes to in-person classes, um, you know, people in the Asian community are scared to, to let yeah. their children go back to school because they don't want that like type of like hate or bullying um, or discrimina discrimination to be, um, brought upon their children. And that is definitely something 
that's very worrying um and it only just pushes us more as to why we need to talk about these things yeah okay. i agree i think um like with the point of like how like certain groups especially and within the bipoc uh community and everything mm -hmm. are often like single singled out targeted after you know different transitions throughout history i mean we had like 9 11 and everything mm -hmm. where everyone was targeting after people who were muslim and everything yeah. and who uh like had this certain look and it's it's that thing where it like purports like stereotypes mm -hmm. because like whenever trump said oh this is the chinese virus this is the wuhan virus mm -hmm. and everything there was already a preconceived notion, notion of like what stereotypes, what biases um, people had in mind whenever he said that. There was an image in mind. And I feel like even across the board, like we have so many, there's so much diversity within the Asian community and there's so many different intersectionalities within that, that I feel like often gets pushed under because of the fact that it's, always i feel like there's also colorism involved too yeah. but also too it is it all trails back to the model minority myth mm -hmm. where east asian light-skinned uh people were okay they were there they were the ones that like the white people could tolerate oh, yeah. Yeah. and could like mm. integrate you know what i'm saying because like i was like you know along with this issue and everything i, I started reflecting in like some of um, my experiences with like kind of having a bi like a really multi-ethnic identity and everything mm -hmm. but also like figuring out like what does that mean and everything because you know i feel like when it comes to the certain inherent like notions with the, about the asian community especially about asian women and everything mm -hmm. there's often this fetishization a lot um dubbed like the yellow fever or some shit yeah. and it's first off bullshit but second off like this entrenched history of making archetypes restrictive archetypes around asian women of putting them in this spot of being like the seductress of mm. being the submissive of being docile being quiet mm. and it's a gross history within like how war and like how pillaging happened like across countries and everything and how pedophilia existed oh. and how you know the glorification around asian women only came as only represented itself as a sexual object mm -hmm. like that's how like, and it, like growing within that framework and everything i think forms a lot of the fact that like once again y'all love the culture but y'all yeah. will never love the people that that says a lot it echoes back to it yeah. I, and it if informs policies it informs I think there's so you know there's such a greater narrative of like media representation. That's why movies like Ryan the Last Dragon oh, yes. is so important. Like movies like Moana and everything, and movies like around those spaces and everything, where we're able to see stories that are outside yeah. of the stereotypes that were extremely harmful and everything. I think that's like the biggest thing. Yeah, and it's definitely a reflection because we it starts really young like and i i, I have seen like you know discrimination discrimination and hate towards um uh asian folks that i've been you know in spaces with and stuff mm -hmm. um and i like it just reminds me like going to school how cool some kids can be mm -hmm. um and how that carries on um throughout a lifetime like mm -hmm. that's just as important if we can teach like our kids the rights 
of like how to treat someone um, and how to treat someone properly. That is a lot within itself because um, children are going up with, you know, either ignorant or racist parents um, mm -hmm. that carry on to this, um, this, this like, they just carry on the stereotypes and notions that we just don't have to like stand back and just listen to anymore. That's just, it's just cruel enough. And like, I remember, well, recently I just saw that um, uh, Jeremy Lin um, also went on uh, CNN and talked with Don Lemon about mm -hmm. his experience and it doesn't it made me realize too it doesn't matter how how big you are or mm -hmm. you know how famous or popular or you know having a certain um uh, a certain like you know role or status that yeah. that still doesn't affect the the type of hate that you got um that you get and he was describing like even when he was playing basketball in um, high, uh, not high school, college, uh, how someone called him an offensive like slur and mm -hmm. that and even still, even when he got into the NBA, mm -hmm. it still carried like we've seen that and but mm -hmm. him being in that position also encouraged a lot of other Asians too that they could be part of something like this that this mm -hmm. is just the beginning that. Um, but, and he also carried himself in which he didn't want to give recognition to the people that caused hate towards him mm -hmm. because he wanted people to realize the experiences that the, that these people go through and that, um, there's just so much that we need to learn about and just understand as like a community, as a society in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was just, I was really shocked. I think another layer that like bring comes to mind too is the fact that like i mean we have so many international students from mm -hmm. asian countries in our yes, school and everything and having to be stuck in a country that's <laughs> extremely mm -hmm. xenophobic mm -hmm. extremely racist knowing the inherent harms and dangers like you're it's life endangering and everything and to be stuck and away from home on top of a pandemic on top of quarantining on top of all these worries and how like literally we're not receiving no support mm -hmm. and it doesn't and it's so unpredictable for the, as far as the future goes to also deal with this is it's just it's, it's heartbreaking and it's yeah, also it one of those things that i think whenever we consider those like numbers mm -hmm. of like the spike and everything on hate crimes against asian communities and everything I don't think we, I think it's often like lost in translation that we don't consider like how many go unreported, how mm. many like, cause like factors like immigration exist and yeah. reporting that out is something that is a huge risk. Like oftentimes a lot of, especially like in the BIPOC community uh, for uh, immigrants and everything, report, like reporting and like, even if a danger happens to you, even an injustice happens to you and everything, you, you're forced into silence because of the way the system is and everything and how it works against so many communities of color. And one of the things that I think to be mindful of, like, well, as we're like talking about this conversation, mm -hmm. is to not just share this information, yeah, but to actually provide resources mm -hmm. to actually listen to communities i think the the, yeah, the biggest thing exactly the biggest thing is like we don't i think there's so many uh, missed opportunities where we don't actually sit back and listen mm -hmm. and we want to be overheard we're always in our headspace we're always in the like in ourselves and everything 
to the point where we ignore other people's needs and everything. And it's important, especially with issues like this, to be with the community, be yeah. restored, don't speak over, don't. And another thing too, acknowledge like the privileges and different ways that you contribute to racism mm. and bias and xenophobia. Cause I mean, it's not to say that you are, but it's to say that it preexisted a lot in your life. Mm. I mean, we've, I think I remember seeing a comedy short of, um, dang, Amy Schumer, that white woman or whatever. Mm. She did a whole comedy skit about how, as a white woman in the dating landscape at the time, uh, where she was single, I think, she said that she couldn't compete with Asian women. And she listed mm. these whole list of like stereotypes about Asian women and everything, these gross descriptions, and the audience cackled and laughed. Oh no. And it, I think that's where it becomes to the point where when we talk about these issues, you humanize these mm. issues. Because there's so much working against communities of color that are dehumanizing us that we need to actually add a face to the, the stories that we're doing. Yeah, and so, you, you like going back you also mentioned like how how much there how many reports go un, unreported um and so uh stop aapi hate um mm, yeah. they recently like created like a a system and basically where people can um can submit their reports uh for racism and discriminate discrimination and this is for um, Asian Americans, Asians, and also Pacific uh, Islanders as well. Mm -hmm. um, and they started this in from like March to, um, and this like, it's keeping track um, since March uh, up until uh, December. That's where it like began, where it, it kind of like rose from. Um, and I believe it started in um, California. Mm -hmm. But since then, they've been able to report 2,808 incidents. And that's like, like you said, that that yeah. probably includes not like doesn't include like you know how many reports go unreported. Right. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that like systems like that are like you know technologies like that exist. But at the same time, it's like it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and you can definitely check out their website too. Um, you could go to stop aapihate.org um, mm -hmm. they also have resources they also have a GoFundMe and so where you could donate um, um, and also they're just like providing different resources out to people um, and I just thought it was really really important that we have a system like this or people are creating a system like this for mm -hmm. people in their community yeah. um, and like you said resources are just as important because like what are they supposed to do um, when they come in contact with mm -hmm. any situation where they feel like they can't protect themselves? Absolutely. Like, especially like here, when you mentioned, we do have a lot of international students here on campus. Um, um, and we have like a, we're kind of like in the middle of, you know, the Asian community ourselves with being in, you know, yeah, Chinatown. Chinatown. Mm -hmm. um, so we see a lot, a lot of it. And just hearing when I've heard um, experiences from my from my classmates about you know the type of hate that they got I was like there's no way to deal was, with this on top of everything yes. yeah and it was kind of like they they felt like nobody could help them mm -hmm. so I think um, 
just not like you said just not only being able to share like what it is that's going on but also Mm -hmm. make sure people feel like they could be helped because that's that's just something that really opens the eye and encourages people to kind of speak out and um also share these resources with everybody else beautifully said beautifully said well y'all let's go ahead and wrap it up with our next segment Mm -hmm. mention and intention yes well um some of my intentions that especially related to this topic i want to highlight and everything is to be mindful of like what I said in the before, um, to not treat this movement um, like Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. stop Asian hate crimes and everything. Like they have their own. They have their, their own, own hashtags. They and, have their own right. um, resources. They have mm-hmm. their own platforms and mm-hmm. other ways that you can help them out. So, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a it's so important to because like treating it like a trend automatically puts you in the place of performative activism, mm-hmm. and to also co-opt. Um, other movements, the way they've had their ideologies uh, spread out. I remember seeing so many contention around her conflict around uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and then Asian Lives Matter and mm-hmm. everything. And the only thing I say about that is the fact that it's counterproductive. It's the same way in which All Lives Matter manifested and everything. It's not endearing. It's not um, really pointing out the issue mm-hmm. at hand without actually silencing other issues mm. that have rooted themselves in a movement that honestly like is a catalyst of many other movements. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much that the Asian community can owe to civil rights uh, activists and black uh, history and everything. And to the fact that their, put, their movements, their push has made so many spaces for so many people of color mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, all of it like owes back to like the black community and everything. So it's important to be mindful that we don't use our movement to silence others. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. very true. And like you said, it's just as important to be able to provide resources, be able to share, but also educate and bring awareness to these issues. Make sure that you're just as knowledgeable about the information you're spreading, how you can help other people out. I think, you know, just mentioning like how what like what it is to be an ally. How how can I help out? What is it that I can do mm-hmm. or, you know, what privileges do I have that I know that I can use to help and benefit other people? Absolutely. Um, yep. Because it just like what I mean, why are you on Earth then? Exactly. <laughs> like, the human like, factor have, being together. Exactly. Working together. Yes. So, like, I mean, use your power to help other people out. And we're not saying everyone has to be an activist. Everyone has to go out of their way, push everything on social media, put, make everything big. But every every minimal, small matter counts. Like, mm-hmm. everything counts. And, like, you can, it could be from helping out a friend or helping out a local community in your, your community. Um... Mm-hmm. Or just helping out a group of people that you know, but you you definitely have to put in the work. It's not like a one-time thing, and it's and it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure you know the facts, and make sure you know what's like happening. And it's it's so unfair that Asians are being treated like this because um, I believe I saw on the New York Times, I think, that it said that um, they're the most like 
fastest ethnic group that's growing here in mm -hmm. America. And so it's like, why, why can't we just give other people, you know, the space and, you know, just the opportunity to be themselves, but also feel like themselves, feel like they're being safe and protected. Mm -hmm. So I think what that comes to mind is like, when I first came up to uh, Boston and everything, the one thing I was so excited about was seeing like other Asian communities because mm. being from North Carolina and everything like while I was surrounded by like people of color black people and everything mm -hmm. I wasn't like really like represented in the way of like you know Southeast Asians mm -hmm. and seeing different uh identities within like that culture and everything and you know I felt like it was I felt so like isolated within like me and my mom and everything of being in like these predominantly white spaces mm. when we travel outside of Fayetteville and everything and like being like sort of sort of just like you know like that like outsider Rider. and everything so like I remember my mom whenever she saw like Chinatown this woman raved like <laughs> she was all over the place this woman like she went down to um Think Kung, uh, Kung Fu Boba or whatever. Oh. She went down there and she got herself, um, I think, a Thai tea. And she just, rem I just remember the smile on her face mm -hmm. and just like the joy and the relaxation around that. Oh, and it was, nice. it was so nice to see that. I think, whenever we're you know talking about issues like heavy topics like mm -hmm. this, I think it's important to know that there is people behind this. There's mm -hmm. people that are needing the community to listen and everything different communities to listen and also to like you said like with doing the work is also like doing the work responsibly mm -hmm. and being sure that we're conscious of not spreading trauma porn mm -hmm. like there's a huge difference between y'all spreading information and y'all traumatizing individuals because mm -hmm. i mean Social media is like the first thing we often open up. Yeah, like it's every morning. Literally like, there. <laughs> it's literally there. Like we always on our phones and everything. And then imagine like, you know, you going through your stories and everything. You see, see. something that's you know without a trigger warning, without anything. And even with the trigger warning too, I want to also point out like, it yeah. it just doesn't like it's, it's too graphic. Yeah, it's like and not even like showing like what happened is too graphic. It's mm -hmm. the fact that how you're using it mm -hmm. and everything. You know, maybe link it to an article and at their own discretion. Yeah. I think it's the point of giving agency and giving choice and engaging in traumatizing so like content and everything, mm. traumatizing stories and everything. Like I think it's the same way that we have to treat this across all like all yeah. movements and everything. But um, one of the things I've been seeing a lot lately is even though we're spreading the information, it also desensitizes a lot of people yeah. from like the actual issue of being like, oh my God, that actually happened, mm -hmm. instead of being like, what can we do? Yeah, it's kind of like, especially seeing like back to back to back, mm -hmm. like that, that you don't know how that triggers someone. And that's just, you gotta think about like, we, we know social media is like, it's, it's a pro and it's also a con. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just knowing how to, actually effectively communicate what it is that um, you want to highlight or bring awareness to is is important as well um, and we see also we seem like in um you brought this up too like off like you know off mm -hmm. while we we're just like walking around campus or stuff mm -hmm. but you said like in media how mm -hmm. like the 
the stories were were very like up there now it's kind of like we see mm-hmm. little to none media coverage is really selective mm-hmm. and it really does show i mean if you think about it like i think when we were having that conversation it was around the time when like the comments around like um like the chinese virus were really being weaponized mm. and it, then we started hearing about Asian hate crimes. You see that connection? Yeah. Like that's a weird yeah, way to bring up an important issue, prompting it mm-hmm. with actual hate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it didn't make sense at all. And so, like, obviously, we need to be more aware of like, like, who we're talking about, where we're coming from, and you know what we need to do to be able to help people out, and not just. I mean, it's it's two different things, just pushing right. something out there and actually helping people out. But yeah, I mean, from your, I guess from your view, from your perspective, um, what do you feel like people could do more of? Or like, what do you think I could do more of? Right. I think it's just a matter of like, listening and also a matter of acknowledging that you're not gonna know everything, mm-hmm. you know. The, I think there's this, you know, preconceived notion that like, once we're aware of like, oh, there, there's a privilege, oh, there's like a st- oppressive structure or whatever, that it's immediately gone by the time we acknowledge it. No, like, w- you're still working through a whole entire framework that was cap- cap- filled with capitalism, mm-hmm. filled with racism, filled with xenophobia and time. everything. And one of the things I want to mention too is to, I think there's been so much conflict and tension between the Asian and black community Mm -hmm. that I really hope with you know movements like this and everything that we can actually have a productive conversation Conversation, around how these this tension doesn't have to exist that how there is inherent anti-blackness within Mm -hmm. the Asian community and how there is uh, how it like promote like promotes into white supremacy as a whole and everything like it's a whole framework that I don't think I think we need to start breaking out of because like by the time we break out of it we're also breaking out of white supremacy mm-hmm. and everything you know what I'm saying like whiteness has pervaded in Asian cultures for so long so colonizers long. Um, being uh, seen as conquest being seen as objects and everything like that's that by breaking out of that mm-hmm. like we can actually make some act, actual progress and actually celebrate and embrace yeah well I want to say first you First of all, thank you for sharing like your experiences, no you know, you know this and is a like safe what space. you've been going on. Um, right. Thank you for allowing the space, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we, we both help each, each other out. <laughs> but yeah, we just wanted to say like also you can't just love everything from anime to mm-hmm. you know K-pop mm-hmm. and also uh, there's BTS also just had a thing mm-hmm. with receiving hate um, mm-hmm. um, against their, their just like culture and just right. their ethnicity and background. But um, we're just going to end it off and we're really going to say thank you thank to all you. of you. To our team. Yes, to our team, Skyla Figaro, our marketing manager, <laughs> Alexis, Alexis Metcalf, who's our videographer and editor. And Ken Knopf, who's our sound engineer. But honestly, thank you all of you for mm-hmm. tuning in. Make sure, you know, y'all follow us on all different platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to make sure that we list all the resources and everything down below. 
Um, and make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, listen to us on Spotify, everything that is. All, well, we covered in the beginning. <laughs> so, once again, thank you. Thank y'all. Bye.